Hey there, sit down, make yourself comfortable, and grab a cup of tea. Welcome to the 33rd episode of Thea's Tea. Thanks for tuning in. I am recording this episode on a fine Saturday afternoon. The day is a little bit chilly, you know there are clouds out, I hope it will rain later on. I was just listening to some jazz earlier, so I am very much vibing and happy to be here recording another episode for you guys. As usual, I am sitting at my desk with the presentation pulled up in front of me in my comfy little chair and you know I'm just ready to talk. As for my tea, I'm drinking Yet again, honestly, if you're a consistent listener, I am so sorry because I just repeat this all the time, but I am drinking the little cubes of flavor of tea, which you can just put into some hot water and they dissolve. They already come in with the different flavor of the tea that you're drinking and sugar, so it's really easy, really quick, and it's always like a safe option because it tastes really awesome. And I am drinking that in a black mug, which matches my shirt. If you want to see that whole setup, be sure to head over to the podcast Instagram at Thasty Podcast. But yeah, that mug is just black. It's got a little astronaut that's floating through space. And I just think it's really adorable. For this week's life update, I have three main points I want to tell you. The first one is that I realized that abstinence can lead you to fall back in love with something. So over the past few weeks, I had kind of like a little bit of a rocky situation maintaining my routines because it's that weird transition between going back to school in person and regaining like my in-person life. (laughs) So I had been having some trouble keeping up with my routines, specifically my Sunday unwinding routine because when I was on the October break, I didn't keep up with that. And my night routine, you know, every single weeknight. And I felt a little bit bad for not keeping up with those things, as one does. (laughs) But After a while, I like got back into it, you know, after like two nights of not doing my night routine, I was like, I absolutely need this because when I didn't do it, the results were revealed to me and it was like, wow, you know, this routine really does help you unwind, go to bed with a peaceful heart and a clear mind. And it was really important for me because I had always kept up with that routine, but I didn't know why I was doing it or like the impact that it would have on me. So I just kind of did it, but I guess I kind of like lacked the belief. I knew in theory these things were good for me, but I hadn't exactly seen the comparison. And one night, you know, I was literally like watching the recording of a meeting for an event right before I went to sleep, like (laughs) literally up to the minute I turned off my lights. And when I went to sleep, my head was just buzzing. So it was a really big challenge for me. And that made me fall back in love with my night routine and be able to keep up with it and feel happy with it and actually value it so much more. And the same thing happened with my Sunday routine. You know, I just realized that it's really helpful for me to feel like I can start my week on the right foot and organize everything and put things together so that I can begin the upcoming week with everything just in order and a weight lifted. So yeah, you know, I'm not encouraging you to skip things all the time, but if you ever do end up feeling like you fall off the wagon, it's important to realize that those moments can reveal why you were in the wagon in the first place. The second thing I want to talk to you guys about is this really awesome experience I had. So I did a little bit of a career orientation session with a university student here in the city, which is studying psychology and we basically did like some interviews and he did some tests on me 
and all of that was used to determine what sort of career I should pursue and that was really interesting for me because as I've talked about before on the podcast I have no idea what I want to do with my life I have so many different interests so even though I didn't totally narrow things down in this session I understood my best strengths and I knew a bit more about like what different careers looked like and better fits for me according to my interests so that was really important and I wanted to share some of the results with you guys because they are still pretty diverse and if you want to let me know what you think I would be good at you know feel free to shoot me a dm (laughs) I would love to hear the perception you guys have of me based off of what you listen through this and what you see me doing in the future because I'm really curious so I have two main different like interests one of them is just numbers exact sciences and all of that and then the other one would be like social sciences so the careers this man recommended to me are physics a couple of types of engineering sociology economics political sciences and international relations so as you can see those are some pretty diverse fields and yeah i think all of them are really awesome in their own way i've been trying to study more about them dive a little bit deeper and just feel like I'm more informed so that I can make a better decision because yeah you know even though we know in theory what these careers imply it's really important to investigate more and understand like how the workforce looks for them and everything so I've been on that path and I feel just really excited for my future and like there are good things in store for me and whatever I end up doing you know will fulfill me and it will guarantee me just a happy life and stability. The third thing for this weekly update is that yesterday I had a social event which was really really fun. Now it was the second bigger social reunion I've had in quarantine and it was really interesting. I have a lot of experiences just in my heart after that. The whole experience of being safe in these times was definitely interesting and you know me being able to just keep my mask on even if the people around me were a little bit more laid back I think that was just a little bit interesting and you know that (laughs) is just yet another form of peer pressure as happens with drinking and other stuff but overall I had such an amazing time and I was so happy every single second I was there. We went to like this restaurant which is kind of like spaces in this green field and you can come with like your group and get a barbecue and it's just so so pretty (laughs) and I didn't know many of the people that were there because it was basically a celebration for an event that I participated in and the event was not in my school I was invited as an external person so yeah I didn't know many people and I was a little bit scared but I talked to a bunch of different people and I made new friends and it was so awesome because I feel like everybody there was so interesting had so much to say so knowledgeable so intelligent and I exchanged some really amazing conversations and I really missed talking to people in such a way and we were there for a couple of hours and I held conversations for like that whole time and it was really really awesome because yeah you know this whole situation has not let me talk to new people and you know keep up like a steady flow of interaction so that was really really fun and I feel like you know I could excel in that social situation in a good way which makes me feel happy I really felt just alive, honestly. 
I could just hear a voice in my head telling me like, you know, these are the types of situation you live for when you just are learning from the people around you and appreciating the diversity within the world. I I really felt like I was in my element and I enjoyed every single moment. You know, I didn't have Wi-Fi and I didn't even feel tempted to scroll through Instagram or do anything related to internet. I was just so happy in that moment, living the experience, looking around me, talking to people, hearing the music, just everything was so valuable for me and it was really important to have something that I was looking forward to even though I was a little bit anxious about how it would you know all unravel since you know I didn't know many people I didn't know where it was and there were just some mystery factors I was still looking forward to it I put a lot of thought into my outfit and I got ready and I felt really cute and you know it was just the whole preparation and feeling like it was Friday and I had something to look forward to and I was gonna do something fun overall I just felt so blessed you know with there were just moments there where I, where I would realize like, wow, I'm so lucky to have these types of opportunities to be able to engage with such awesome people and be in really awesome spaces and environments. And just, I, I really felt so immensely grateful for that experience. And it was a nice little heartwarming story that I wanted to share with you guys. So yeah, that would conclude my weekly update. Diving into this week's topic, we are going to be talking all about authority. So I really want to try and understand how these types of interactions are for me, because I think they are really just complex relationships for so many different variables, which we'll be talking about today. And I'm specifically going to be looking at three different types of relationships. The first one is parents, the second one is teachers, and the third one is adults. So each fragment of like this episode will be revolving around a different type of relationship because I have a lot to say about each one that I've learned. And I really want to dedicate this episode to trying to understand boundaries of when you should keep fighting for something that you feel is unjust or unfair and when the figure of authority has a last word because the thing with relationships that involve authority is that you're not talking to somebody who is quote-unquote your equal there's somebody who has a bit more power over you so you know it's really hard to understand like if your voice is worthy in that type of scenario and if it's worth it for you to like speak up and voice your opinions and your concerns or if you just automatically should obey the other person so that's what i want to analyze today i definitely feel like i'm more passive and complacent in these types of situations more than the majority of people around me now i don't know if this is due to laziness or if it's just me being really mature but i tend to just like follow orders that are given to me and i stick to my assigned place if i know that i'm not the most powerful person in this relationship then i'll tend to just obey what the other person suggests and i don't think i fight that often And I do really see many people around me have that habit where they just keep pushing even if it is a relationship of authority and, you know, they just value maybe a little bit more their perspectives and their opinions and they're willing to fight for that a little bit more. So I think that's also an interesting concept. Do I not do that because I'm just too lazy to fight for what I think is mine? Or am I just so past it and so mature and so elevated that I think it isn't even worth it? That's an interesting question, but the main question I want to think about today and discuss is how can we have healthy relationships with those who have power over us? That's kind of going to be like what I'm going to try and answer 
in today's episode throughout the different relationships I'm going to analyze. And in the conclusion segment, I will bring the answer that I come to. So yeah, those are just kind of like the bases that I wanted to provide for this episode, things that I wanted to, you know, unify a little bit more and make sure that we all understood so that we know where I'm coming from in my particular situation and how that can maybe influence the relationships that I have with these different figures of authority. So let's dive right in. Let's begin with parents. So the first thing that came to my mind when I was planning out this episode was a specific scenario that I've lived a couple of times before, and that revolves around asking for permission to go out. There would be many occasions in which, you know, I was organizing something with my friends and I would obviously have to ask my mom for permission to do so or for her to take me or whatever. And sometimes she would say no. And then I would tell my friends like, oh, sorry, I can't go for X or Y reason. And they would be like, no, try to convince her, tell her this, tell her that, you know, don't give up. You can still try and push her over or stuff like that. And I remember that coming to me as a little bit of a shock the first couple times I experienced it because to me, I had never been raised that way. You know, I had never been raised in a way to question what my parents told me or to try and push the boundaries or push the limits because at the end of the day, if my mom was telling me no, it was for a valid reason and my wish or desire to go out had implications on her because maybe she needed to take me or she had to rearrange her schedule for me to be able to go so it's not just me it's also her and if she tells me no I just had been raised to understand that it was for a valid reason and I didn't really have the right to push over that and that makes sense to me but I saw people around me just grow up with a totally different idea where they were maybe kind of like the equal to their parents and they could both just kind of like argue about this type of logistical situation in a way where they can like both both express their opinions and that type of stuff. So I think it's really interesting because to what point should we listen to and obey to what our parents tell us? I had always grown up thinking that, you know, what my parents told me was a law and I'm not a perfect little angel. Of course, sometimes I would rebel, but the majority of situations I would just, you know, like took what they said for granted. And, you know, like that was that end of story (laughs) as parents tend to say. But yeah, I was just really confused because I got to a point where I'm like, I don't know what the correct way to act is. Should I keep pushing for my wishes or should I automatically understand that what they're saying is the way it should be? Like, I think I need a little bit more of guidance to understand what the correct way to do it is because I come from a particular context and I was raised in a particular way and my friends were raised in a different way. So all of those different variables lead me to question what the correct way to act is and what the healthiest way to act is. Another really important variable in these types of relationships are boundaries. I think that it's a bit of a struggle to learn how to voice the things you don't like without the other people, aka your parents, getting personally offended. A typical example that comes to mind is something that didn't happen in my case, but it happens a lot of the time. And it's that when teens grow up, they tend to close themselves a little bit more towards their parents. And I think a lot of the time, and with good reason, of course, parents can get a little bit offended or take it personally when that happens. And 
I think that's a really tricky situation because as we grow up or even when we are already grown up, we can feel the need to place different limits in our life. And when we're doing that with a figure of authority, it can feel much more challenging because like, oh no, how am I the smaller person going to ask the bigger person to do something that I want or to stop doing something or to rearrange something for me, you know, it can feel like we're pushing more than we can. So that definitely led me to question like, okay, how valuable are my wishes, my requests and that type of thing in this interpersonal relationship? Because of course, this other person has more authority than I do. But does that mean that I'm automatically worthless or up to what point? Is it sensible for me to voice what I'm uncomfortable with, what I would want to change and express how I'm feeling on the inside? Like, what is that proper point of balance? I just think it gets so much trickier when it's with a figure of authority than, for example, with your peer or with a friend your same age or with a sibling, you know, people who you feel on the same level with. I feel like it's easier to discuss things with, but when you're facing somebody which you know has more authority than you, it can intimidate you so much more. And as I said, I feel like I lack a lot of clarity on what is fair and what is passing a limit or crossing a line. Also, how should we tackle these types of situations with our parents when we feel like injustice is being imposed? When you're in a situation where you feel like maybe your parents are only seeing things under their perspective, on their side, and in their opinion, and like in any type of discussion or argument, it's really important to think about things on behalf of both parties. And so when you're when you feel like your parents are only thinking about things in their regard how can you express that to them in a fair respectable way like hey just think about me for a second how do you think i'm feeling how can this impact me you know just think about me for a second because this involves the both of us i think it's really tricky to learn to do that because i mean again it's a figure of authority up to where can you express those things without being rude without overstepping so it's definitely become a struggle for me to understand like how I can keep pushing and how I can express my things in a way that isn't violating like the authority code (laughs) to call it some type of way where we really need to understand that at some point or the other the figure of authority is gonna have the last word and we can't deny that but when do we know when that point comes when do we know when we have to stop pushing And how can we learn to tackle these situations in the correct way where we can talk as two human beings and interact in a really sensible and respectable way, of course, remaining with the respect that we have towards the other person, but just forgetting about titles and making sure that we both understand that we are human beings and that we have different needs and that we should make an effort to respond to them. Those are some of the main questions that come to my mind when I think about the relationship between parents and children and understanding the different boundaries that can come up and just really finding a way to navigate that type of relationship in a peaceful, healthy way. Moving on to teachers. So for this, I also have a couple of interesting things to say. So the first observation I've made is regarding workload. Basically, in the school I'm currently studying at and I've been here for the past five years but I still have memories of like the other schools I've studied in I distinguished a big difference and that is that here 
My classmates tend to speak up when too many things are set for the same day. For instance, if we already have a project and a homework assignment and an exam, and then another teacher wants to add a quiz that same day, the students will immediately be like, hey, we already have a lot of things for that day. Is it possible to move the date? And when I started to see this, that was absolutely mind-blowing to me because in the other schools I had come from, it was just the norm to obey the teacher's orders. And, you know, if we already had a lot of things for that day, like, you know, those things had probably been announced beforehand and we should have probably already taken care of them. So it was not a sensible thing to just talk back to the teacher in that way because, you know, she was the authority and she is the one who is imposing the rules and who is deciding the deadlines, not us. We are not crafting the schedule just so that it fits us better and that it's more convenient for us because, you know, the teachers are the ones who have the authority and the teachers are the ones who are there to decide and to make the rules. So it was really odd for me. And all of those things I just said were my opinion, the things that I came in thinking that I still think to this day. So yeah, it's just like the contrast. I'm not saying that any of those ways to handle things is correct or wrong, but that is just the way that I thought when I walked into the into that situation. So yeah, it was really odd for me because I was just seeing how these other people would team up and tackle these types of situations in a totally different way to what I had always done before and to what I had always seen before. And that leads me to just be really confused right now because I don't know which option is better. I mean, is it too greedy to constantly ask teachers to move things around based on what works better for you? Or is it fair? Or, you know, is it valid because teachers are there, in, as, at least in school, to help you in this process and to make it as smooth as possible? What really concerns me about this mentality is if people are raised in school thinking that they can always talk back and, you know, try to switch things and rearrange things based on what works best for them, Maybe they'll get into more serious situations in the real world or in the workforce where they simply can't do that. They simply can't ask their boss at work to move on the day of a presentation. Like it doesn't work like that. So I'm concerned that if when we're growing up, we're taught that we can do this, we'll just fall into that bad habit and automatically think that everything is negotiable. And while negotiation is good and speaking is important and communication will help you, I think that maybe it's important to also learn to just obey things and be able to understand and be receptive towards when figures of authority impose things, even if it's a challenge for your personal schedule. Another interesting thing I identified here within the relationships with my teachers and other students is that many of them developed personal relationships with teachers. Again, while I was growing up, I would view my teachers as strictly academic figures, you know, people who were just there to teach me in the time of the class and to answer my questions about that subject. And that is pretty much it. I didn't see them as anything further than that. I didn't think that I could establish bonds with them anything further than that. And here I see that people establish really personal relationships with teachers, you know, they mess around together, they have inside jokes together, and, you know, they can just connect on more personal levels, which exceed, like, the academic ambit. Again, I'm not saying that's good or wrong, I'm simply stating, like, the contrast that I saw 
when I arrived here. And I think that also radicates a lot in the fact that here in Colombia, we address teachers in their first name. For instance, if I were a teacher, I would not be called Miss Bori. I would just be called Thea by my students. That's kind of like the way things work here. I don't know. So maybe that contributes to kind of like a more colloquial relationship between students or teachers and where they just feel a bit closer, like off the bat. I don't know. It could be one of the causes. Obviously, the thing with establishing closer relationships with teachers could, you know, have implications further on because they still have to grade you and they have to be impartial when they're doing that. And, you know, you don't want anything like really bad to happen in that personal relationship that can have consequences in the academic role that they're supposed to play in your life. So like those are the extreme negative consequences that a bad personal relationship with a teacher can have and I'm not talking about like a romantic relationship just like when you see a teacher a bit more of a as a friend than strictly a teacher so that can be like one of my concerns but I also think that the teachers I have at least are absolutely amazing people and I think they're really awesome and I'm blessed to have them in my life and I really admire like receiving class from them. And I think it could be cool to just establish, you know, maybe a further relationship with them. And I have done so with some teachers because they've helped me outside of class with my personal struggles or they've helped me prepare for a specific event related to their class, totally independent to school. Like stuff like that has definitely strengthened a personal relationship with some of my teachers, but I still remain confused on the subject. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is there a limit supposed to be there? Like, you know, I'm just really confused. The whole thing with teachers really leads me to question how all of this works outside of school. For instance, when you run into them in public, you know, you're not in a school context where they're your teacher or figure of authority. You know, they're more like a, a random person that you see on the street, just like anybody else. So how does that interaction change? You know, do you just act like they're not your teacher at all and treat them as you would any other person? Or do you still have to remain, you know, with the treatment that you would give a teacher in contrast to other people? How does that work? And also it's interesting to think about the relationship you can have with your teachers after you've graduated. You know, they are no longer your teachers, but they still played a really important role in your life. And I can imagine that they will carry a special place in your heart and maybe that won't work the same for you because teachers give class to so 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 many students so even though they can really impact us not every single student will impact a teacher in the same intense way that they impact us which is kind of sad but it's the reality you can't perfectly remember every single student you give class to and that's totally fine so how can you carry a relationship with ex-teachers in a respectful way that isn't like overstepping any boundaries? How does that look? It's also really important to like take into account everything regarding gratitude. I'm really thankful for all of my teachers and I admire them so, so much. So how can you retribute that gratitude in a respectful way? You know, further than just getting good grades in their classes and engaging with them and all of those things that a good student has. If you want to take that gratitude to the next level, how can you do that in a respectful way that doesn't overstep any lines? I think that this is a really tricky situation to think about, everything revolving teachers, because there are so many different like codes in different places in the world and in different schools. You know, there are just different rules. Oh my God, that rhymed. <laughs> but I think 
all of those different variables have helped contribute to my confusion at this point because I've seen different environments and now I'm just like, which one of these is the correct? And I don't know if there is a one singular answer for that because it depends on where you're based. But, you know, just making sure that everybody is comfortable with what's happening is probably the first thing you should look at. The last different type of scenario I'm going to be looking at today is the relationship with random adults. So first, let's look at friends' parents. I think this is really important because I always want to make a really good impression on my friends' parents and, you know, make them think that I'm a good influence, which I do. I don't think I am a good influence. It's not like I'm pretending. But, you know, I just want to make sure that they have a good image of me and that I have a good reputation under their eyes and that, you know, they perceive me for what I truly am. And over the past couple of years, I've learned how to do this. I think a really important thing is to just be able to make small talk with them in a respectful way, get along with them and everything, just like find different bonding points clearly you have one very big thing in common which is your friend aka their daughter or son and that is so much that like that can open up so many conversations so i think just maintaining small talk in a very respectful way can contribute to that relationship it is a relationship of authority because you know it's an adult a person who's older than you and you know older people have more respect basically but <laughs> Again, this is me just trying to navigate the whole situation without feeling like I'm crossing any limits or just going to the point where I see this person as my total equal and, you know, like we're best friends when in reality they have a little bit more of like power than I do. So I just want to make sure that in these types of situations, I don't oversee that. Another really uncomfy situation I think can stir up from this is conflicts with adults. And I've seen a lot of this. So one of the situations is when parents feel the need to take care of their children's conflict. That is scary. For instance, if two girls have an argument and then the mom of one of those girls decides to talk with the other girl. I mean, like that's super intimidating and uncomfortable because it's not um a conflict between two equal people as it originally started you know now it's this adult this you know scary person coming at a small person you know i just think that is really uncomfortable and one example of this was and this didn't happen to me i'm just <laughs> passing on the story because i think it exemplifies it really well in my generation at school, my class, my year, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> we organize every year to design like a jacket for our last year in school. And, you know, we have like a little kit, a jacket, a t-shirt and a bag, you know, just like customized for us and for our class. And there are some girls which have left us uh, through the years because they've moved or they transferred schools or whatever. And one girl wanted to receive like a jacket and like that same kit essentially. And she's living in a different country now. And it's actually illegal to give somebody outside of the institution that kit because, you know, they no longer study there. And the jacket and everything says like the name of the school. So, you know, this girl texted one of the girls in the committee, which is a student. 
and asked her if she could have some, uh, like have a kit. <laughs> and so the girl was like, we're not authorized to do that. So then the mom of this girl started talking with the girl in the committee and the girl was just like, hey, you know, I'm just doing my job. I'm doing what my teacher told me to do. You know, if you want to talk about this then you can talk <laughs> to the teacher, but you know, uh, I'm not the person you should be coming at. So I just think that's really uncomfortable because some parents really do go that extra mile to like solve their kids' problems and that definitely does have implications because kids need to learn to solve their own problems without their parents always stepping in, at least in my opinion. And it really is scary. As I said, it has not happened to me, but I can imagine how frightening it may be to just have this person immediately just like impose themselves over you and you know them feeling like they're right and you know just pressuring you i just i don't like thinking about that another thing that happened was that once i was in a philosophy forum i say it like it was ages ago it was literally last week and we were doing a debate and it was just a bunch of students you know we're all equal we all have somewhat similar knowledge and we're all on like the same rank if you could call it that and there was this super professional person she had like a phd i don't know but we were basically talking about feminism and it was so scary having her in that room because the event was for students, the debate was students. And she was simply there to like provide a bit of initial knowledge like at the beginning and then to watch the debate and intervene a little bit. But it became really uncomfortable because as we were speaking, we could just see her face of like corrections coming into her mind and her wanting to like rephrase what we said in a better way and just like just intervene a bunch and it was really uncomfortable because we are students we obviously do not have the same knowledge as she does but we were in an exercise an academic space to grow to learn and to debate you know and expose like different perspectives that's the whole point of the exercise and so whenever she talked i felt i felt really belittled because she obviously knows so much more than we do she obviously has so much more authority so like what was even the point for me to participate if she was automatically going to step in and correct things i just felt like that was really uncomfortable to have like an academic debate between a bunch of students and then have like a phd person in there automatically correcting concepts like ah uh, how do you handle those types of things you know that is just like my big dilemma another story is that i was participating in like a speaking competition and Another story comes from an event I was participating in, again, last week, <laughs> which basically was a speaking competition and there were judges, which were students, and they were judging other students. So basically we had to like eliminate people as the competition went onwards and one parent, this did not happen to me <laughs> again, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but I heard that one parent scheduled a meeting with some judges so the judges could explain to this parent why their child had been disqualified and i just think that is like extremely overstepping i mean when parents are involved things automatically get so much trickier and it's just like hey you know they were defenseless students you know they are learning just like their child is and it seems really scary to have to explain yourself to these adults which have nothing to do in the situation i just i think that can easily like become really scary and just like get out of our hands and our control so if you're a parent just be careful with that please because it's scary <laughs> for us kids another interesting thing in this whole 
adult situation is engaging with strangers that are adults. For instance, you know, just making small talk in lines and in transport. You know, this is all pre-COVID when we could like actually be close to people. <laughs> But just learning to be really respectful and cordial in those types of encounters. And also like having manners and helping elder people and all of that. I think that's really interesting to analyze as well because... I feel like I had to learn that along the way. Ever since I was super young, I was not automatically like good at talking to adults or I automatically knew that I had to help elder people cross the street. I feel like when I grew up, I started seeing the people around me doing that and then I kind of realized like, oh, you have to do that too because that makes you a good citizen. So yeah, I feel like that's also tricky to navigate because like, you know, understanding how those types of things work and how like the responsibility that you have as a younger person basically because we tend to think that adults are the ones who have all the responsibility but as younger people we have responsibilities that adults don't as i said you know helping elder people and all of that so i think it's interesting to understand that it's a mutual relationship and you have to give special elements And the adults have to give other special elements which complement each other in a way that benefits both of you and that is according to your different and specific needs. All right, time to wrap things up. Remember the question I did at the beginning of this episode? How can we maintain healthy relationships with those who have more power over us? Well, my response to that is that respect is the guide. You need to respect yourself and those around you. Respecting yourself means that you know your limits, you know what's good for you, you know what's not good for you, and you know that you love yourself and you need to speak up when something isn't fair to you. And respecting those around you is understanding the other people's limits, what is fair to ask of somebody and what is not fair to ask of somebody, and how this can be transformed when you're in a relationship of authority. So respecting yourself and those around you should definitely be your moral compass when taking types of decisions in in these relationships it's important to remember that we are all human beings and we are all worthy even if somebody is older than you or has more titles than you or whatever we're all human beings and we all deserve respect maybe in a professional relationship that can have more implications but if we're just interacting as two people then we deserve just as much as that other person deserves and we should be able to give just as much as they are willing to give. So just remember that, you know, don't lose sight of the fact that we are all equal. If you do come to a situation where you feel like, okay, I'm actually going to speak up, please remember to voice things you're uneasy about in a collected way. When we're talking to somebody older, it's really scary. So just make sure that you have everything together, you're organized, you're you know, you, you don't let yourself kind of like get carried away because you won't be taken seriously. You need to make sure that you express things in a clear way. You talk about how you've been feeling and you make sure that you do so in an organized way. You express things, you know, in a very structured way and in a way that's easy to understand for the other person and you make sure that you listen to what they have to say. If you are struggling with that whole concept, I recommend you listen to my episode on solving problems through communication where I just talk about how you can dialogue in a better way. 
as I recorded this episode, the question entered my head of maybe I'm just really a big people pleaser (laughs) because I noticed myself and I heard myself saying like, you know, I just don't know if I'm overstepping and maybe I'm actually not, but I've just been taught or maybe I've just automatically thought that, you know, other people have more value than I do, even if they are like in a position of authority and that's not the case. Like, I don't know. I don't know, but I've just always been used to like respecting those limits and maybe that's not the way things necessarily have to be. I don't know. Let me know if I'm just being a really big people pleaser and if I like if in many of the situations I exposed I should feel comfortable expressing what I think even if it is a person of authority. Maybe the fact that it's a figure of authority has nothing to do with this. Maybe I should treat them as if they were my peers and it's the same type of relationship. Yo, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of these episodes are just for me to like untangle the mess inside my head and (laughs) figure out where I stand and kind of like express everything verbally as a form of therapy. Also, now that we're talking about this, something I've heard, like the other day somebody told me that I should take my own advice and I felt a little bit offended at first. (laughs) Like, yes, I would love to do that. And the thing is, a lot of the time, like when I record podcast episodes, I say things that I need to hear. I say things that I've been struggling with for years and that I just need to say out loud in hopes that it will actually that way be interiorated within me and that I can actually like know them and apply them in my life. Not everything I talk, like the majority of what I talk about on here are things that I'm working on myself and that's why I can speak on them like with such a unique take because I'm struggling with these things myself. I'm not an expert. <laughs> if you wanted an expert, then you could go to like, I don't know, a psych, psych psychologist. The, why did I forget that word? Like a psychologist's podcast. You know, I'm just an amateur. I'm just like anybody else my age and I'm trying to work through these things. So everything I say, or most of the things I say, come from my experience and what I think I need to know and thus what I think other people my age could benefit from hearing and I definitely am on the road to just applying all the things in my own life I don't want to seem like a hypocrite but when we talk about these things people could just assume that we have it all under control when you know we're just human beings as well and we have all of these struggles so yeah sorry if that seemed a bit harsh but you know please tell me you know when you think I'm just being a hypocrite I understand that it's important to highlight those types of things as well but please keep in mind that what I express here is based off of what I need to hear for myself and me figuring out how I can apply that time for the weekly favorites this week I bring to you a podcast an online creator and a headband (laughs) okay so the podcast is a really awesome podcast called philosophize this I love philosophy I think philosophy is really really interesting and it's one of the things that I have felt motivated to pursue outside of the classroom to just expand my knowledge a bit more because it interests me so much and this podcast has been one of the main tools I have used to achieve that it's based Basically, this really knowledgeable guy who tackles different topics of philosophy and he expands on them. He analyzes different thinkers and breaks them down kind of as if you were in a philosophy class. And it is so enjoyable to me. As I said, I really love philosophy. So even class of of philosophy is fun for me. But this podcast just feels really enjoyable because you can pick it up like at any point 
in your journey with philosophy if you're a beginner or if you already have a master's like you know i think it's a really great middle point for anybody who is passionate about it so i really enjoy listening to everything that is presented and that everything that is shared because i feel like i learn more and it leads to some really interesting conversations inside of my brain as i said the episodes are explained in a super clear way you know anybody can understand them and you know they're easy to digest they're not very long they're usually like 20 30 minutes long and they aren't released on a weekly basis they're a little bit more spread out but every time uh that they are published i feel super super excited to listen to them because i learn so much so i definitely recommend checking it out the online creator that I want to talk about today is the one and only Claudia Saluski. Now, I love her so, so, so much. Listening to her podcast with Phineas, he described the editing in Claudia's videos to be extremely compelling, and I think that says it all. Claudia Saluski is a YouTuber, and she makes these amazing videos that are edited in such a careful delicate way which makes them unique on the internet they are so relaxing for me to watch and i feel like she just radiates such a chill vibe you know just she's really easygoing or at least that's how she projects herself in her videos and how i interpret her to be and it's just really soothing to like watch her videos she does a bunch of vlogs which i love but they're so different and each video is so unique and it's really not like monotone or boring to watch. I think that everything is just so different, but it's all equally soothing. I feel like Claudia really refers to like her content creation and her viewers in a very loving way and she just radiates like so much respect <laughs> as we were talking about in this episode and so much kindness so i really think that watching her videos is very therapeutic for me and the last favorite that i want to talk to you guys about which is definitely random is a headband so basically i'm really excited because in the last year of school uh, where i go to i'm in the before last year <laughs> and we start school like the different school year in january so i'm approaching the beginning of my last year and in your last year you have a bunch of like formal events and the tradition like it's an unspoken tradition but everybody has like one or a mini collection of really pretty headbands that they wear on the days of these special events and you know we have to wear our school uniform but we can wear makeup and we can put in like these headbands and i just think it's really awesome and i've been dreaming about getting my own for the longest time because you know it's a really special symbol for the last year at least to me and it's like something totally unofficial it's not like teachers tell us okay make sure to get your headband no it's just something that you know students tend to do and I've been really concerned about where I was going to purchase mine because I was just like, um, where can I get these types of headbands? And then a miracle occurred. In the speaking event I mentioned earlier that I was participating in last week, they did a giveaway. And mind you, I was a judge, you know, I had to be like super connected with what was going on. But as soon as they announced that giveaway, it was like the first two people to comment and post something on their story and tag friends and then fill out like a form would win the prize so i immediately i had never done something so quickly in my life <laughs> i just really wanted to win that prize because the prize was the headband it was a perfect headband it was literally like one of the ones that i had always wanted 
So yeah, you know, I did that super quick and I won and I have my headband now and I'm super happy. If you want to see what it looks like, I'm actually wearing it right now. So make sure you head over to the podcast Instagram at the SD podcast to see what it looks like. I think it is so pretty. It's so dainty and I literally want to wear it every single day. I'm so happy because it was like an awesome deal because not only did I get my headband that I wanted and that I've been stressed out for so long but I also got it for free and in addition it was a really happy moment because it was the first giveaway I ever won so I see it's a win-win-win situation (laughs) I'm just super happy about that This week I actually do have a review to read which makes me super super happy and it is so heartwarming. I literally loved reading this. I I felt so happy. So it comes from Sarah. Thank you again for all of these kind kind words. (laughs) You guys, you're gonna melt just like I did reading this. So here it goes. Hey, first I wanted to say sorry for not writing a review yet. I forgot that I could do it through Instagram and I don't have storage in my phone to download the podcast app. Totally fine. Don't worry. (laughs) But I will when I do so I can rate, review, everything. I just wanted to say that this podcast truly has changed my life. And I know that probably sounds a little exaggerated, but it's the truth. Because, like I told you, before this, I didn't listen to any podcasts. So aside from giving me a new hobby that I love, this has made me change for the better. I think that you are so wise and you have awesome advice. And I really love your podcast because I feel like I'm talking to a friend and she's giving me advice. Isn't that just the cutest? You know, I feel like reading this, I just feel proud of my efforts because it's everything I ever wanted for the podcast and it's really awesome to feel like I'm establishing these connections with you guys and like all the time and effort I put into this actually is worth it because it has some sort of repercussions for the positive out there. It is really just astonishing for me and to think that there are actually people who listen through and through the episodes with actual dedication makes me feel so happy. So thank you so much for being such a loyal listener and for always encouraging me to keep going and for taking the time to write out this adorable review, which I absolutely loved. It is a very special place in my heart now. I'm really, really happy to read all of this. I'm so glad that you are now more invested in podcasts and that you feel like my words can help you. That is just so awesome. With that, we conclude this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you and the time that you have given me this week. And yeah, that's everything. Oh my god, I'm so happy. I'm gonna eat chocolate ice cream after this. So yeah, (laughs) have a beautiful week. Well, that's about it for this episode. I would like to clarify that I am not a specialist. Everything I share is based off of my experience and what I've learned. Don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram at Podcast. I'm very active on there. It's a visually aesthetic platform built with interactive spaces for us. Please tag me on your stories and send me pics listening with your tea. Also, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. <laughs> Whatever your platform lets you do, it would help me out a lot. Because reviews are the only way I can start growing, getting recommended to new people, and being included in rankings. Plus, I read reviews here, so if you want to be featured, be my guest. Go ahead and spread this episode with any friends or family you think will like it. I would love it for you to share your thoughts on this podcast. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor or through my email, 
dastypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out for business inquiries and set up sponsorships through there as well. Make sure to check out the show notes. There's a bunch of fun stuff listed down there alongside with links to everything I mentioned here today. Remember, you can join me every Thursday for a new episode, including the last one of every month with a guest and an additional bonus Q&A every month. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful week. Mm -hmm.